Welcome back to another episode of Being at Work. Today's guest says that when something significant happens, you must slow down the business and take a pause. Steve Richardson is a senior market director for G&J Pepsi. But what you really need to know about him is that for most of his career, he's been leading leaders at a senior level. So he has a helpful perspective on what's necessary to transition from manager to director. He began his leadership journey at Frito-Lay. And at the time of the pivotal moment we'll talk about today, he was the youngest person to become a sales director. Listen in as he talks about how he navigated having to let go multiple leaders in one day for integrity violations. My biggest takeaway, in times of challenge, it's critical to stop and ask yourself, what is most helpful in this scenario? I feel like I've been blessed to have been uh, coached and developed by a lot of great leaders throughout my career, really starting from a great upbringing with my parents to working with some of the finest leaders within our, our industry of DSD, been given the opportunity to really have a foundational experience and, and learn the business from the ground up. At a very early age, in my late teens while I was going to college, I uh, was given the opportunity to join Frito-Lay, actually a division of PepsiCo, and run a, a route for Frito-Lay and really learn the business from the frontline perspective and understand exactly what it what it took to to be a part of that organization and, and take care of customers. And growing from that experience was really given the opportunity to to learn and, and grow and really just understand what it took to be an effective leader. And I think that's a really important point, that foundational experience. You know, because you served on the front line as you advanced through the organization, no doubt that really served you well. Absolutely it did. You know, because you know, I think it's important that that leaders have the opportunity to really understand where your team members are coming from, you know, and walk in their shoes, if you will, for a moment. So to, to be able to reflect on those experiences and it helps you become a more effective leader. And, you know, that really leads me to, you know, uh, one of my one of my points that I, I really live by and coach by is just my the leadership style. And, you know, I call it being fair but firm. And the premise of that is just really giving people what they need to be successful and uh, empowering them with the skills, you know, giving them the resources to do what they need to do. But it's really, you know, having that foundational experience on the front end to understand what that looks like uh, is very beneficial, you know, to, to be able to set them up for success in something, something you've already done yourself. Well, and the reason I wanted, I really wanted to highlight your leadership today is because so much of your career has been spent leading at a senior level, you know, very early in your career, you were promoted to a director level position. I think like the first zone sales director in the organization, right? Yes. At the time, you know, I, uh, being just turned 30 years old, you know, being given, you know, that, that opportunity to take on a, a new team, not only, you know, within, uh, you know, Frito-Lay, but it was within a completely different region than I'd ever operated in. And so while uh, Freely has great consistent processes, it's certainly a great organization, there are nuances within each region that are different. So to, to take on a team that had had some challenges, uh, and I knew that going in, but to really, you know, come and understand, you know, what they were going through and, and then to, you know, very quickly uh, have some additional challenges, you know, it was, it was a lot to take on. But I, I learned most from that role and that experience to, to make uh, the leader I am today, for sure. 
Yeah. What was that like at 30 years old being put into a director position? So all of a sudden you're leading people who have teams of people. What, what was that transition from manager to director like? I really had to rely back on some of the great coaching and that I was given, you know, from folks like, you know, Rich Peterson, you know, was a great leader in PepsiCo to David Stiss and, and others, you know, that, that have now went on to do other, you know, things in other great organizations. Just you've got to really listen, you know, and, and understand, you know, what your team's trying to tell you and just try to be the resource that they need. Because again, you, you make assumptions that you know exactly what, you know, what they need. And, and to a certain extent you do, but you don't know exactly what they're going through at that time. So to, to just come in, be very humble and, and be a great listener and try to provide them confidence. And especially when, when things get tough and we'll, I'm sure we'll talk about this, but you know, I, I really like to, to coach folks that when things go differently than planned, you really need to slow the business down, you know, and, and simplify. And, and by doing so, you know, they have a lot of confidence in that. Yeah, because I know there is this, there's this, was this one particular situation that was particularly challenging for you. Like pretty soon after you were promoted into the director role, you had to, you had to do something that was really tough. I did. Yeah, actually. So I hadn't been in the role for, it was less than a year. And uh, as we closed one fiscal year and entered another, quickly was made aware that uh, I'd had some leaders that had made the decision to to do something that was uh, against uh, the, the principles and policies of PepsiCo. And so through the investigative process, uh, just understood that we were going to have to separate, you know, from those individuals. So you know, coming in, being a new leader, new new to that region and new to that team, just trying to, again, stand in front of the broader group of around 200 individuals in total uh, and walk them through that, you know, the leaders that they had been supported by for many years uh, were no longer w- within the organization. And obviously, you know, you, you keep close to the vest exactly what occurred, uh, but, you know, just have to instill confidence in them that uh, everything is fine you know, that their job is safe and Frito-Lay is a great organization and, and we're here to take care of them and make sure that uh, they have what they need to take care of their customers. And so it was a, it's a pretty trying experience. So you're into this new, new role. We'd already talked about how you were the youngest zone sales director. And so no doubt, like trying to be effective and be the best you can be. You, you said that you had spent time really getting to understand people and connect with them. So what was that like for you having to do that? And how did you lead through that? Just trying to understand exactly what occurred and and from there be able to really, you know, take a pause, you know, because you can do one of two things when something of significance like that happens. You know, people to the left and right of you that are helping lead a team with you are, are all of a sudden gone. That wasn't something that you were planning for. So, you know, you really, again, to to take that pause and understand, okay, that didn't go like I had hoped it would. So what what's most important here in this scenario? And for me, it was the people. And so it, it was to put you know a process in place to connect with those frontline leader, uh, frontline staff that had been reporting to those leaders that are no longer here, and give them what I thought they they would need that that sense of comfort and confidence that hey, you know I I am okay, and you know try to answer the questions that that they that I could answer for them. And also be able to to uh, connect with those customers that that those leaders have been working with and supporting for all those years. So 
you know, really people first, whether it be internal to external, you know, and then worry about the business results later, right? That, that will come. But if your people don't feel supported and your customer base doesn't feel supported or that, you know, or have that confidence in your organization, your results are not going to be positive. So at the end of the day, you know, very blessed and happy to say that, you know, the team was actually better for it in the end. Uh, it was unfortunate for the folks we had to, to let go, but, you know, we saw growth from that team because you saw people rise up, you know, and take on roles and responsibilities and show skills that they hadn't shown before. Yeah, I bet. Well, and the message that it sent too around expectations and how we work here and how you're going to lead in those kinds of situations, no doubt that really set the tone for ongoing relationships. Absolutely. You know, because it, it as you're establishing, you know, when you're leading a large uh, team, you know, again, of a few hundred, you know, you, you really want to establish, you know, credibility, but you also want to really establish what you stand for as a team. And we want to win, and we, but we want to win the right way with the highest level of integrity. So, you know, we continue to instill confidence in, in our employees, of course, but also, you know, with our customers and, and the products that we represent. And, you know, so if you have that baseline and, and you know, you, it's I call it a cleansing of sorts, you know, because, again, it was a kind of a refresh and, and help folks understand, you know, what, what we can and cannot do and, and how to operate moving forward. There's so much in this story that I want to unpack. You know, I, I so appreciate you've talked about slowing the business down multiple times. So, so clearly that's something that's important to your leadership style and philosophy. You said when something significant happens, take a pause and then ask yourself what's most helpful in this scenario. And in this scenario, you said it was the people. I want to talk about the whole, your, your whole focus around like worrying about the results later. Right now, I got to focus on the people. You know, you're in a results-driven, fast pace. There's a high sense of urgency around getting results right now. So how did you come to learn that, that the results will come? Right now, I have to focus on the people. It's just having a sense for the situation, you know, and it, you, you have to have great support from your organization as well. And, you know, my leader at the time, Roland Fournier, you know, he was a great, great asset for me. And again, just trying to understand and convey back up, you know, to, to the leaders of the organization, listen, you know, we, we understand that achieving our business results is, is very, very important. And we will do that. But, you know, I'm not going to be able to, to provide uh, long-term sustainable success if we don't have a great foundation here with this team. And so and it's, it's about you know, coaching up and, and, and leading up with people, you know, and hiring the organization to help them understand that. And they were exceptional through this experience. I can't say enough about the way the way that I was treated. That's a really good point. So you had an environment that supported you and your leadership and gave you a lot of guidance and coaching around that. I think that's that's a really important point. You know, what do you do in those situations when you don't have that support? I mean, you you talked about coaching up and some messaging you can send, but is I mean, how much influence do you think directors have at that level to change like a culture of results and versus people and cuz cuz I hear leaders all the time talk about how because of the environment, they aren't empowered to lead in a way that they feel is most effective. What advice would you give to those leaders? Fortunately, I've been blessed to work for organizations and I've chosen organizations that that support that. But for those that aren't as as blessed as I have been, you know, I guess my my feedback and coaching to them 
would be you, you've got to understand what you stand for as a leader yourself. You know, what what makes you who you are and how have you been successful? And you've got to have, you know, that intestinal fortitude to really, you know, challenge status quo. And I, I say, you know, uh, be willing to be the difference, you know, and again, that may be a bit of a tired phrase as well. But, you know, you, you've got to be the one that, that, that can help bring change. And there's got to be a starting point for organizations, right, to think differently. And especially in the environment they're all in today, I think we're all open to looking and thinking differently, or we should be anyway, if we want to continue to grow through our people and, and our products. So, you know, that, that would be my coaching is, is to, to really, you know, try to be that leader. What I hear in that is a looking in the mirror, is an empowering yourself, get clear on what you stand for, because then you've got something to stand on. You know, I, I think a lot of times when leaders are complaining about the environment, it's for the sake of complaining about the environment. <laughs> and so I like the, and that's not always the case, right? No doubt there are leaders who have done the work on figuring out who they are and what their values are, and they aren't in an environment that's aligned and should probably leave and find an organization that is aligned. But that's the first step, isn't it? When you find yourself in that situation, look in the mirror and ask yourself, okay, what do I stand for? What do I want? to see happen here. Absolutely. You know, I totally agree with you. And as you build, you know, credibility as a leader yourself, you know, that that helps you take on roles of increasing responsibility in the future. And, you know, since I've joined uh, G&J Pepsi uh, three and a half years ago, you know, we've had, you know, some opportunities, nothing to the scale that, uh, you know, I've just walked you through that I went through at Frito-Lay, but it, it really helped, you know, me, you know, help folks, you know, above me to folks that, that I support in my current role, that, hey, we're going to be fine. You know, you know, we have, I use the term, I've seen this movie before and, and we are going to be fine when we get on the other side of this. I love that attitude. Because pe- people need to see that in a leader, right? They need to know that, hey, that individual that's helping to lead this team, they've got this and, and they're going to, together, we're going we're gonna to win. That must really serve you well right now. No doubt you are leading through labor shortage issues and supply chain issues like most organizations are. So I suspect that you've probably used that phrase. Hey, I've seen this movie before and we're going to be okay. That's pretty much a, a daily experience. You know, my team was on the phone with this right now. They, they would certainly tell you that. But, you know, you have to leap with optimism, you know, and, and just help people understand this is not what we planned. But, you know, and I, I use the word planful a lot. You know, we try to be very planful about what we do. But sometimes, you know, things are just not going to go that way. And that's OK. Let's just take that pause and decide, you know, what do we need to do now uh, to get where we need to go to take care of our customers? You know, because, again, the end result is that the customer needs, you know, our products. Yeah, planful and flexible. I mean, those two skills coexist, don't they? And are both are so critical in everyday leadership. They are. Well, you know, I. I've always, you know, really tried to have a plan for anything that I'm that I'm going to do, you know, whether it's personally or professionally. But you know, you do have to be flexible. There, there's no doubt. Now more so than ever, you know, in the call it 28 to 30 years I've been leading teams, you were able to be rather rigid, you know, on you know back in the uh, in the mid 90s, only because you know growth was was very easy and you know products were plentiful. You know, now you, you've got to, to really be open to change really quickly. Yeah. How would you describe, like, what's most different today in how you lead versus, you know, earlier in your career, even mid-career? I would tell you just understanding the, as the, the new 
newer generations come into the workforce, you know, it's understanding how they want to be led. I will tell you that the expectations of employees and team members uh, is also vastly different than it was just even maybe even five years ago. You know, what is their expectation of their organization? What do they what do they expect and what do they want to have an organization? I've, I've been blessed to both my organizations have you know, offered pensions and 401k, but we're learning that, you know, some, some of the, the, the younger generations are entering this workforce. That's not really what they're focused on. You know, so it's just trying to adapt because you can't be everything to, to everyone. What do you attribute the shift even in the last five years? I think it's interesting that you that you highlight that time frame. What do you attribute the shift to? I would say the last call it three years, I, I would probably attribute it to just what we're going what's going on in the world. You know, I mean, we, we've seen a, a lot of you know tough things such as the pandemic obviously had a major impact on everyone to how how they look at life, you know, and the legacy that they, they want to leave at the at the end of their journey and I think they're they're rewriting their own script. I mean, I read a, a lot of articles and, and and listen to a lot of podcasts on you know uh, you know just how people are just have a sense of you know their sense of what they expect of life is just different. And so again, it, that's really tough for organizations, right? To lift and shift and 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 try to have a pulse on that. Yeah, and it is shifting how we lead. It's shifting the employee experience, and I, I appreciate your openness to that. I mean, you you started this conversation with you have to understand what others want and what their expectations are in order to influence and motivate them. Yeah, and I think that that openness will will serve you well and ultimately serve them well. I, I hear leaders, you know, pontificate about the good old days and what was and. I think a lot of that is wasted energy. You know, there certainly are good things that we can learn from the past, but it's also, you know, continuing to evolve and adapt our leadership and the workplace to support that. While also protecting the the basics. You and I at the start of this conversation were talking about controlling the controllables and how that's never been more important than it is right now. And so some of those universal truths, those leadership truths, those basics will will always be, and on top of that, we're continuing to evolve and get and get better as well. Certainly, you need to understand where you came from, you know, to understand what's made you successful to this point. But you know, understanding what's going to continue to make the organization successful moving forward, you know, from either a people development, you know, hiring and, and retention to you know the products that your your customers expect, your consumers expect. Yeah, the world is a changing. <laughs> that it is. Well, and, and speaking of where you come from, you come from a pretty awesome family. I do. I'm, I'm very, very blessed. My uh, father uh, joined uh, PepsiCo Frito-Lay uh, back about 43 years ago. I spent 42 years with the organization and actually just retired this year. So when I say, you know, my, my experience in business was foundational, I back, you know, times were different back in yesteryear. And you know, I was able to go to work with him at a very young age and and understand, you know, the business and being able to teach how to learn how to treat people from, you know, my, both my parents was so important and very foundational. Oh, yeah. I mean, they are they are incredible human beings who have raised some incredible human beings. So for our audience, so Steve's father, whose name is also Steve, is my first cousin. So my dad and Steve's grandmother are brother and sister. So 
it's been a pleasure, Steve, watching your career and yeah, seeing your dad's foundation and the impact and legacy that he has left, obviously, has impacted you and all of your siblings. I mean, you just are such an amazing family. I'm so proud of you and I'm so grateful to get to learn from all of you. I could have all of your siblings on the show because they're all such incredible leaders doing such amazing things. Well, you know, we could certainly feel the same about, about your, your family, but, you know, yes, we're, we, we are blessed, you know, to, uh, to, again, just to have a strong foundation that, that not everybody has, right? We are very blessed in that regard. And, you know, to, to really, um, you know, have a, have a good first step. And, and I think that's, it's just important to understand that a lot of people don't have the, the blessing that we've, we've been given, right? And so trying to help them, you know, maybe catch up, you know, where they have their shortfalls. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and th- that's why like both of us, right? We pour into people, we encourage people, we uplift and remind people every day of how awesome they are and the potential that they have. Yeah. We, cause we have been blessed with that confidence, that knowing. And so, yeah, I, th- I think we have a responsibility to pay it forward and share that with others. Most definitely. Yeah. And again, you know, the, the experiences we've been talking about earlier in this session, you know, just, helping empower those those leaders that that we currently work with because they're going to be the ones leading their org- this organization, you know, moving forward so that they understand how to do that effectively. Well, I have two pages of notes here. I mean, all all kinds of good takeaways. I think my biggest takeaway is just remembering that when something significant happens to take a pause and ask myself what's most helpful in this situation. It's the difference between reacting and responding. You are modeling that responding, responding from a place of values, responding from a place of what's going to be most helpful for all the people here. So thank you, Steve, for for sharing all of this insight. If our listeners want to connect with you, what's the best way to do that? I would say the best uh, best way would be to uh, reach out uh, via LinkedIn. Again, uh, Steve Richardson uh, and with the email address of srich1357 at aol.com. Thank you, Steve. And thank you for the impact that you're having on so many lives in such a positive way. I appreciate you. I appreciate you. And uh, I think this is a great, uh, great tool for folks to to learn and listen and and understand that, you know, they're not the only ones going through these situations and, you know, that there are a lot of resources. Yes. Leadership is hard. And so it's so good to have reminders that uplift and encourage. That is the spirit of this show. And you have done that today. You know, we we haven't talked a lot about leading at the director level. And so you highlighted some really good takeaways for, for our listeners today. So thank you for that. Absolutely. Thank you. I appreciate the opportunity to talk to you today. Thank you for joining us for this episode. Please subscribe wherever you listen to your podcast to never miss a being at work story. 